Well, I know I don't speak for myself. Uh, today was a very sad day to wake up to the news about um, a professional chef, uh, entrepreneur, uh, travel host, um, a miscreant, um, Tony Bourdain, had committed suicide. Um, you know, if anybody followed his career path after uh, cooking, through his writings, through his books, uh, you noticed one thing that was always there um, is great sense of humor, you know. Um, he took himself very, uh, very unseriously. He wasn't afraid to make fun of his own inadequacies and, uh, he was passionate about the things that he was passionate about, which was food, people who have no, no say in the world. Uh, he always spoke to, uh, the, in, the inadequacies of how we treat one another through either, um, taking you there to show you up firsthand with the shows or his writings or his mu or his musings that you'd see in interviews. Um, no one, you know, everybody I know obviously didn't know the man, didn't know the troubles that he had. You know, he did have two divorces, um, uh, one child, but what's super shocking is that, uh, this is not uncommon in the restaurant industry. Um, in the restaurant industry, many people struggle with mental issues, uh, depression, um, drug addiction, alcoholism. Um, it's a place where, you know, the outcasts can go and find families and find, uh, people that, uh, sort of take them in and you can get so lost into it and into that world, um, that it's the only thing you think about. And it's a passionate, it's a passionate world. It's a hard world. On another podcast, I was making more light of it, and but uh, it really hits home when you uh, you think about a person who was, I would say, uh, I would say a hero. And I don't use the word lightly. I don't really look at people as heroes. And I know that he would probably punch in the in the nuts for saying that. Uh, he, he was definitely no man's hero, but. He was the type of person that uh, he spoke to a group of people. Uh, as I talked to some of my friends about it, he, you know, he spoke to um, us because I was one of those uh, ill contents uh, that felt the restaurant industry is another home away from home. And with all the good and bad that came with it, you know, um, uh, there's a lot that... Uh, chefs go through and cooks go through and servers go through to put that little thing on your table. And Tony touched it. You know, Tony really put his finger on how you feel about that and how you feel about the people you serve and um, that it was okay to feel that way. It was okay to, um, to, to be aware that, I guess, that you weren't alone. Even when you felt alone, 
you know, after a night like he would have, he'd write about going to Alphabet City and scoring some smack so he can get fucking high shit, you know, um, it's no different from that and someone doing, like, going to get drinks and drinking all the alcohol that you could drink or, you know, doing drugs or putting yourself in precarious situations that would get the, the law involved. I mean, we were, the cooks are extreme people, um, extreme in every sense of the word. And uh, depression runs pretty deep through a lot of uh, the people that work in that industry. And I think Tony tried to bring that up many times uh, in his writings um, and uh, in his shows, just to give the people outside behind the wall um, an idea of how um, the people that make those, make the food for them, uh, how they live. Uh, and it was great. You know, it was a real pleasure to see that and to read it at a, like I said, to read it at a time when we were young and I was young and I was impressionable and I wanted to quit. Um, and then my friend, uh, Mike, he gave me a book about, uh, or recommended a book by Tony and, uh, Kitchen Confidential. I think that's in everybody's Anybody ever worked in a kitchen, that book is in their, um, in their library. I know I bought that four or five times. I know I bought the book and gave it away four, four or five times. Um, because it gave you just, uh, an in-depth, um, an in-depth view of a person struggling to keep it together, you know, through the good times and the bad. Uh, and that's all we are. We're just failed. We're failed humans, right? Everybody. We're just, we're trying to struggle to keep it together. And sometimes people just lose, lose the mark and they lose their spot in, um, in the line of life, you know, that, uh, depression sometimes just sucks that life right out of you. And it gives you a nice little dark path to go away, you know? But the thing is to wake up every morning, to look outside, to hear the birds singing, right? And maybe that's just enough to make you get through it. There's plenty of times where uh, myself and people I know um, just want to curl up. Like I said this morning, I said to my wife, I just want to curl up in a blanket, you know? I, I couldn't be more depressed from hearing that news. Uh, there's been some lo loss in our family and... Um, very important people. And like I said, heroes don't come along very much in this life. So when you see someone that you admire, um, succumb to the sadness and think that the only way out is, um, through their own hand. Um, it, it uh, it, it, it's, it's shocking and a revelation of how, um, easy, life can be snuffed out, you know, he never gets another opportunity to look around, he never gets a, to taste another thing, never gets to go to another place, see sunrise in another world, in, uh, sorry, in another part of the planet, never gets to speak to the strangers that you've seen him speak to, he'll never get to hug his daughter, he'll never get to um, experience joy, you know, but the thing is, is did he feel those? Did he feel that stuff? You know, deep down inside. I hope he did. And I hope, um, uh, 
his the other chef that found him, uh, Eric Repair, who was I would say his true show, his best friend. I hope uh, he finds peace because that's that's one way of uh, that's a terrible way to see your best friend the last time you see them. And uh, I don't know, it's just a real sad day. It's just a real sad day. It, it was hard for uh, myself in particular. I don't know why, but it was just, it was like a, it was like a mirror that uh, you could put up to your face and you could say, hey, you know, those dark nights when you thought there was no light, you know, hey, you were wrong. <laughs> there was, you just had to wake up and go after it again, you know. But some some people they just they can't they can't do that. It doesn't make them weak. Uh, it doesn't make me strong. It just the fight's too much, you know. Life is a battle. Life is a struggle. Uh, life is suffering. Life is joy, and sorrow and happiness and all the above. And I think the most important thing that when something like that actually hits you, and I mean this is someone I don't even know, but I think it's just tallied up. Everything that I've been feeling over the past year, um, it just struck a nerve, like a deep nerve, you know. It just uh, doesn't make any sense. And I think that's the that's the true cost of uh, when someone does commit suicide. Just you lose you lose track of sense. It does not make sense. So. Um, if ever, if anybody's listening and you feel down, just keep in mind, it's a long time dead. It's a long time dead. You can get up. You can't believe how strong you can be if you need to be. Get up, walk out the door, do something. Fill your life with joy. It's short. Your time will come. But why rush it? You know? I hope that makes sense. So that's all I got for you, dear listeners. Um, I hope that the rest of your day is filled with joy. And, uh, you know, take a second. Taste that food. Drink a beer for Anthony. And uh, for all the ones that you lost in your life. Okay? All right. Have a good day.